What's up, everybody? I was back here rocking and jamming. This guy over here, he'll be back in a second. Just wave real fast, John. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. <laughs> hi, buddy. He'll be back in a minute. All right, so <laughs> we're going to have a good time today. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Matt Chat Live. Hashtag, how are you do that? I don't know how you do that thing, but hashtag, how you do that with one hand? I don't, I don't know how you do that. I, I don't know. John doesn't either. He's off camera. He doesn't know either. Anyway, y'all, it's a nice day today. It's hot. I don't know about you, but this day to me, whew, just went on by. <laughs> it was a crazy day today. I was getting ready to do a big old promo for my friend John here, the corporate action hero, and uh, pulled up his video. It wasn't there. It was gone, dead. And uh, John was such a cool dude. Um, he said that, uh, actually, I woke him up. He was eating some popcorn and uh, watching a movie. I forget what he's watching, Gone with the Wind or something like that today. And uh, he uh, he said he'd be willing to come on the show again today, which was pretty amazing. So um, we're going to have a good time with him. He brought a couple of whips, some chains. Yeah, it's that kind of a show. Don't forget, we have Let's Get Naked coming up at 7 o'clock. Wait till you see John. Oh, yeah. It's going to be fantastic. So anyway, <laughs> you'll find out more later. All right, so we got a great time today. Uh, tonight at, at 7 o'clock for real on Let's Get Naked on Clubhouse, we're going to be talking about when the walls come crumbling down. I know nobody out there has ever experienced something like that, but if you have, it can be really uh, annoying, right? It can be a pain in the butt uh, to see that sometimes things can start crumbling. What do you do? Sometimes people, I put up a poll, like, are you a, are you a, a crack inspector? You're like, you see the crack, you wait for the little cracks and crevices, you see them coming, you try to fix and repair them so you don't have these problems. So you're, you're that kind of a person, or you're the kind of person, like, when you see it crumbling, you're like, ah, you freak out, and you don't know what to do, and you're trying to fix everything at one time, you're getting nothing done, that just keeps falling down more and more, you're trying to find somebody to help. Are you that kind of a person? Or are you the kind of person that says, you know what, I'm going to shore up the walls, I'm going to put some, some braces here, put some braces here, get this all squared away, and I'll start building it back, right? Uh, maybe the kind of person that says, um, forget this, I'm done, <laughs> let it fall down, as I'm going to go someplace else, I'm tired of this, and find something else to do. There's all kinds of things we've been through when walls come crumbling down. And I know for a fact that it's not, uh, it's not a day at the park. It is definitely a horrific time. For those of us that have gone through in businesses and lost businesses in the past, specifically some of us that have gone through COVID, maybe you've lost your brick and mortar, you've lost some of your, your business online, and you've just been struggling to figure out what to do and uh, not knowing what to go next. Uh, we've got a show for you tonight, so I hope you'll enjoy that. What's even cooler is in a little bit, my friend uh, John will come on here and he'll have some things to share with you about hope and opportunities and be able to find some places where it looked like things were over and done with and then something happens and uh, it changes everything that happened for john man jumped off roofs yeah he did he uh he had a big big accident one day so we'll talk about that coming up in just a moment so before we do that i want to pull up here i've got to i've got to see where my little ads at right here all right so my friend chris webb who's a moderator with us at uh let's get naked here at clubhouse tonight he has a company called mf consulting out there on the west coast in, in uh, canada right above seattle washington area and a uh, fantastic guy it's a great company check this out mf consulting So to create next level profitable growth, 
uh, it's not exactly something you can do by some folks do it by themselves. But when you start getting to a certain level, you need some help. And uh, that's exactly what Chris and his team can do for you uh, at their agency. Just got to reach out to them. What's really cool is that even if you might think you're not necessarily ready for a certain type of coaching or consulting, but you need to take some other bite-sized steps to get to that place, he has a complete academy at his website. And I don't know how many things are there, a thousand maybe, different videos and, and on, off of topics and subjects and, and types of careers and businesses that you can choose from and uh, find places and ways that you can improve yourself so that you can be better at what you do. So the end result is to achieve the goal you're trying to achieve, right? So check him out, mfconsultingpc.com. Uh, and do you tell him that Matt said hello to you and to him? And uh, maybe he'll give you like, I don't know, a donut, maybe a donut, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I like donuts. So I also like this guy, John, this guy, John right here. I think I've, I've got this little thing I made today. Where's it at? It's right here, Matt. Click this, check it out. There he is, right? Bam, pow, zap, boom, right? He is an amazing dude. He's been through so much. One of the things I love a lot, we'll talk a little bit about today, is that that bottom right-hand corner side is where it says American Cancer Society. And a lot of you know that I've been battling cancer for the past 10 years. That's been, uh, that's been a companion I haven't been wanting to hang around with anymore. Um, by the way, I go tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll be at Duke all day. If you thought some of you might want to pray uh, for me, I'd appreciate it. Um, I got to go to get my brain checked out. They make sure it's still there once in a while. I've asked for upgrades every time. They deny me. I just don't get it. I try my best, but they won't let me have it. And uh, they're just going to check to make sure there's no cancer there and uh, everything looks honky-dory. So I'm expecting good news tomorrow. But uh, I'll tell you, honestly, I'll just be transparent with you that um, – I get a little nervous every time I go. I do. Uh, it's been a long, long battle. And the last thing I want to do is go there and find out they say, hey, by the way, <laughs> you're going to die in a week. You know, that'd <laughs> be, wow, that's awesome. So um, I've got a couple ideas what I do during that week, though. I just thought about that. I've got a couple of things I wouldn't mind doing. Squirrel. So this guy I'm getting ready to bring up to you has done some amazing things. He's been around incredible people. He's been all around the world. I super, super love that uh, during a lot, of the, a lot of the wartime here when we've been over in the big old sandbox, uh, he took some time to go over there and work with the troops and entertain troops and uh, share some of the things that he has and abilities that he has to do uh, to help entertain them, make it, take their minds off of the junk that we were dealing with when we were there. Uh, and I really appreciate that about him. I love the USO. I've got some, some great friends here in uh, Fayetteville work at the USO and uh, love that he does that, especially the American Cancer Society as well. So um john's a great guy he'll tell you all about this stuff i know that at one point he was younger i think it was 22 right john was it 22 when you got injured yeah so he sees me i see him but you don't see him um he got injured at 22 years old he'll tell you all about that too he's got this awesome bio on his website and i loved i liked reading it i did i read it all things matter of fact i've got it right here i could read it off to y'all because because uh, it's really cool so here it is i'm going to put on my uh official radio voice. I've been told I do have a face for radio, so we'll go ahead and say that right now. I'd like to introduce our speaker, John Davis. He's lived the life of an action hero. He's been a professional fight director, that's capital F, capital D, and a stuntman for stage and screen. An artistic director, capital A, capital D, of three regional theme parks. A sword fighting comedian and a motivational speaker, author, and coach all at one time. <laughs> He's been featured on the Today Show, the Tomorrow Show, and the Future Show, and the Discovery Channel. Oh, yeah. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the one, 
the only, the corporate action hero. There he is. <laughs> Super John. I am here. <laughs> you just wait. <laughs> I'm going to bring it, buddy. Let's do it. <laughs> bring it all the way from Ohio. Ohio. <laughs> yeah. I thought I said everybody, everybody's from Ohio. I thought, who lives in Ohio? Evidently, John does. He takes care. He sweeps it up every once in a while. Hello, hello, hello. I live in, and I live in the rubber city, so my town's not as tired. He's around, bouncing around over there, Akron, Canton, Ohio area, that whole, whole place. I've been around those areas. Well, thanks uh, so much for coming to the show live today. Lord knows we did this once before, so we should be pretty warmed up for this one. Um, well, but practice makes perfect. Practice it does. It does. This is going to be the perfect show. That's right. Exactly it is. Right. Thanks for your grace, John. Um, you know, you've, you've been able to do so many really cool and incredible things over, over your life. And, uh, and you still got more to go, which is awesome. COVID was an interesting period of time and you got to do some things during COVID as well, but um, you know, you're ramping up for some even greater things ahead and you do some really, really cool. If you've got a corporate uh, like team or you want to do corporate events and uh, you want to be able to pull in leadership and training and community, all that stuff together, besides some guy that's up there going, Bueller, Bueller, right? <laughs> speakers. I mean, John's got whips and chains and all kinds of stuff. So it's pretty fun. I think you probably enjoy, it, especially after COVID. It'd be a good stress reliever to have someone like John to come to your place. You might want to talk to him about it. So, John, tell us a little bit about some of that experience in your life and your backstory, and and uh, you know how you got to where you're at today. Well, like you said, when I was 22 years old, I was well on the way to becoming a stuntman and a fight director. And I was, I was on my way to get my black belt in Taekwondo. I was like working out. I was strong. I had long Fabio hair, I suppose. Instead of this Telly Savalas stuff I got going on now. <laughs> uh, and uh, I was like, I was really strong and, and really doing well. And a friend asked me to help him unload his van uh, that was filled with boxes of clay. He was a professional potter. And I climbed up in the van. I picked up the fir first box and I twisted to set that, that box outside of the van. And my spine broke in two. Gosh, and I collapsed and was paralyzed. They took me to the first doctor. box. First box. All that work, all those years, flipping, jumping off buildings, doing all that crap. One little box. <laughs> One Done. Little box. Ah. <laughs> so they hauled me to the hospital. The doctor tells me I have a condition known as spina bifida occulta, which I promptly said gesundheit to. <laughs> uh, I had no clue what that meant. Uh, basically, three of my vertebrae never formed properly at birth, and with the extra 80 pounds and the twisting action I did, I literally disconnected the top half of my spine from the lower half of my spine and pinched off my spinal column. He told me that day, he said, um, we're not sure whether you're ever going to walk. We're, and if you, even if you do, you're never going to have a physical career. You're just never going to have that ability because your back can't handle the stresses that you'd have to put it through. Wow. And um, a buddy of mine, <laughs> it's really kind of funny. When you look back at it, it looked like a cool joke at the time. But he gave me a book called The Tao Jeet Kune Do. By Bruce Lee. So he gave the martial artist who was just told he'd never do martial arts again a book by the greatest martial artist in the world about martial arts. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah. So, but that was the greatest thing that could have happened to me at that moment because Bruce um, actually wrote that book when he was in traction and couldn't do martial arts. And on top of wow. that, there's a whole the book. The book is more about his philosophies of martial arts. So. There's a very big concepts in there about staying very present in your moment and the I am moment and the um, the concept of also mental flexibility being being like water. And 
I was able to take those two principles and build out a method that I use now called the five Fs. But um, I was able to disregard the beliefs of doctors and, and friends and family and take my own belief and create something better. Um, and so I went on to do over 4,000 live comedy sword fighting stunt shows all over the world, including the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan, just by wow. simply leveraging that present moment and staying very mentally flexible. Over 4,000. 4,000. Yeah. That's a couple shows. That's one or two. Yeah. We, we were doing sometimes four and five a day, depending on where we were performing. Um, but yeah, I did over 4,000. I did, and I did over 100 on the front lines of Iraq and Afghanistan. Uh, and they took us all the way out to, to uh, at one point, we were at a, a place called Korean Village, which was a couple mm -hmm. miles from the Syrian border in, in Iraq. So we, we were all out, out as far as they would send us. Yeah. So is there, uh, just pausing there, since I was. I was Desert Storm and served during the Gulf War, and that's back in 1990 and 91. So you were there a little, bit, a little bit after me. I think you were there 05, right? Something around uh, there. Yeah. Well, we went, we we went over. We started going over in 2001. We our first tour was Europe, and then we did Europe again, and then we went out to, all the way out to Iraq and Afghanistan. With the USO, right? USO, yeah. Yeah. Uh, armed Forces Entertainment is is run by the USO, so we yeah. were te technically we were Armed Forces Entertainment. So was there a any kind of a special moment that you could just, I know we didn't even talk about this. I'm just thinking, was there a, a thing, a moment during that time while you were out there that really touched your heart or a moment where you felt like somebody else's heart was touched? I can't tell you how many times. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it was, it was that profound. I had a soldier come up to me in Ramadi, Iraq after a performance. Now, when I went over, it was me and my comedy partner. And then we would usually take two other guys with us or one other guy with us. So we, we could, we could fill out a two hour show because we wanted the, the, to bring something really valuable. Yeah, uh, we finished our show in Ramadi. A soldier walked up to me and says, "Mr. Davis, uh, thank you for coming. Um, I uh, I was in a firefight this morning, and this afternoon oh, wow. for two hours, I was able to forget that. And that huge, but even bigger than that. And this is a story that I think everyone should hear. Um, when I was in Bagram, Afghanistan, um, we had a day where we were not going to be performing, but we 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 were over there to do good in the world. So we were like, well, if we're not performing today, what can we do to be of service today? And then we found out there was a hospital on base. I said, well, let's go over to the hospital and entertain people in the hospital. And they're driving us over there and they're like, well, they're like, um, well, you know, there's no soldiers in this hospital. I'm like, well, what, what's, what, 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 what do you mean? Well, yeah, no, the, the hospital is filled with Afghan children who were uh, wandered in the minefields. Mm. And so we went into this room and there was these children that were just, you know, some of them were burned from head to toe. Some of them were, were like bandaged all over. And my, my and I love to share the story because it's about one of the most caring and loving individuals I know, a man named Todd Key. Um, he's, a, he's now a children's book author, but he was one of the comedians who was on the tour. And he looks over at this, this little girl sitting there in a chair, and she's got one, hand, one arm fully bandaged and one hand with this little, little wrist wrapping. And she's sitting there in the chair, and he gives her what I call the Santa twinkle. He you know, gives her the look and, you know, and, and then goes over and digs into his bag of tricks, and he pulls out a giant ball, and he throws it up in the air, and he catches it on his finger, and he's spinning it on his finger. And she's, like, just amazed by it. And he looks at her, and he points at her one hand, and he puts his finger up. And so she starts to bring her hand out. He grabs her finger and sets it up, throws it up again, sets the ball on her finger. Now the ball's spinning on her finger. And she's like blown away, right? Now she's getting excited. So then he reaches into his bag of tricks. He pulls out a, a short piece of rope. And he starts swinging the rope back and forth. 
and he's finally he throws the rope up in the air and ties a knot in it in midair. And she's blown away, freaking out. <laughs> Betcha. Right. So he pulls out another rope and, and hands it to her. And she's trying to do it, trying to do it. And she can't get it. So he goes behind her and he takes her hand and he shows her how to do it. Now she's tying ropes in the air, right? So we finished our rounds, did the whole thing. We're walking out of the hospital. A doctor walks up to us. She says, hey, guys, I just want you to be fully aware of the impact you have doing this work. He said, that, that girl over here has been with us for six weeks. The only time we can get her blood pressure is when she's asleep because she doesn't let anybody touch her arms. Hmm. And you're, you just not only touched her arms and did that work with her, but we just got her blood pressure for the first time just because you came here. That 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 right there is the story that I think is the most uh, impactful of the trip because I really feel that she, that uh, just Todd's caring and, and and motion towards taking it to that place was amazing. You still there, Matt? Well, if there, he's not, I'm going to keep going just in case. <laughs> okay. So the other thing about the other thing about Afghan, I lost you, Matt. I can't hear you at all, so I'm going to keep talking. <laughs> no, I, I'm still here. I just was trying to get rid of me so you could show this picture better. <laughs> all right. Is good. that that's your buddy right there in the picture? To yes, the, to your... the one in the middle right there is, is Todd Key. And yeah. The guy to his his left. That's that's another amazing individual. That's uh that's Dan Thurman. He's one of the one of the most uh, one of the big name keynote speakers around the. The world and I, I met Dan back when he was 19. We've been friends ever since. Uh, mm -hmm. He actually used to be president of the National Speakers Association last Oh, week. nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Todd, that guy in the middle, Todd Key, he is uh, he's an incredible individual. And the work that he did there, that moment of connecting with that child, um, he really he really made an impact on that kid's life and 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 on the soldiers' lives too because they saw how. Uh, the kindness of, of these weird American guys can mm -hmm. make a difference in the world. And for us, it was important because those kids saw that all Americans weren't wearing uniforms. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So it wasn't that everybody's in green and got a gun, right? Right, right. We wanted them to see goofy guys doing fun stuff with them as opposed to at them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did that, uh, did that change anything in your in your thought processes moving forward with some of the things you say or do in front of people? Did you take in some of those things? And Oh, so profound. I mean, I mean, I, I was already very much, I was already a student of many, many uh, spiritual contexts, but um, when I, I saw it in action, I saw how, you know, what you sow, you do reap, Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it was really interesting. I remember when I, you know, during all my travels in, in my life, I, I remember I was in Egypt, I went to Egypt for a month, and I traveled all over Egypt, and everywhere I went, I was treated just tremendously well. But I treated everybody tremendously well. I treated everybody with respect and love. And then uh, I, I ended up bumping into another American, and he says to me, he says, have you been having problems since you've been here? I said, no. He says, everyone's treating me like a prince. He says, everywhere I go, people want to fight me. <laughs> Five minutes later, I wanted to fight that guy. <laughs> Well, let me tell you why. Come back. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, you know, what he, what you put out, you're going to get back. And, and I, you know, I'm not a believer in, in, in um, borders. I think, that, I think that we're all human and we're all here for each other. And if we're not, if we're not willing to, to support and give each other that compassion, then you're just going to create a horrible world. 
Yeah, I can understand that for sure. Man alive. So you uh, you, you broke your back, like <laughs> legit broke your back because you um, you couldn't handle picking up a box. But then we move forward to a couple other things. <laughs> I mean, that that sounds like a challenge right there. Buddy. You, know, you couldn't handle picking up a box. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, I've been horrific. I can't believe all the things you had done prior to that. And you're thinking, are you freaking serious? I've been doing oh. this crazy stuff. And I, I pick up a box and twist and I break, I break my back in half. Um, the interesting thing is it's now the greatest thing that ever happened to me. Yeah, absolutely. So you were able to take that was my next point is that that was a major, major adversity, especially in your line of work, things you're doing, which is all about your entire body. Um, and then you had been I mean, you've been a student, of it, you know, you, you did so many different things. Um, so what does that uh, moving forward now? You said that it has a lot to do with it, because same with me, but for cancer, I have a different viewpoint on life. I think about and look at things differently. Um, I will say the longer you go. After a traumatic experience, uh, physical traumatic experience, like a, an illness or break a back or something like that, not talking about a, an unnatural uh, trauma, but something like that happens with when you can't handle a box or something. But the other thing would be uh, <laughs> is that it, it, it can easily you get sucked back into the world so fast that you, you, you get complacent and forget about what you remember that you said you'd never forget. And um, I don't ever want to forget um what cancer has has done and or meant to me uh, positively and negatively, uh, because I think you know there's a lot of things I said when at the at the high point of everything, when they said I was ready to die. That um, I said, you know, if that's the case, then I I really I need to do this and I've got to do this and I don't care about that stuff. I don't care about it anymore and I've got to do this. There's certain things that become so important. Um, does that doesn't that mean they should always be important, right? So it's like. There's some things we we get. If you can never walk again because you were, you just lost all abilities to do everything you do or what you thought you had, had to do, uh, it seems like it could be at the end of the ropes. So I'm sure you value uh, life and walking and well, be able to do things. And well, it's interesting. One of the thing that was most obvious to me was I had to manage my fear. And because fear is the, is the number one thing that stops us from doing anything in life. And so in, in my studies, I started looking at what fear was. And fear, when you, when you actually break it down, I ask audiences all over the world, give me a definition of fear, and the room goes silent. <laughs> then don't in the pick on me, don't room, pick on me, don't pick on me. Right, right. And then someone <laughs> in the back of the room will go, false evidence appearing real. Right? Yes. <laughs> they always say that, right? Yeah. But when you break fear down scientifically, that's not what it means. What it means is, an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you having a negative focus about the outcome. Mm -hmm. And so it's so just, good. Negative, just negatively focused uncertainty. So Can you say that like a Southerner and slow it down a little bit? That'd be freaking so, awesome. You really? Okay. Like a Southerner? I don't know <laughs> no, no, not that bad. Well, fair, fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great, great line you said. I, I just want people fear, to hear it again. The whole thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Fear is an emotional reaction to some future event that may or may not happen with you focused on a negative outcome. Mm. Fear is simply negatively focused uncertainty. And because if you're focused on a positive outcome, you wouldn't be afraid. So it has to be based in the negative focus. And yeah. so if, you're, if, that's your, if that's your key, then you have to realize, first of all, fear is not rooted in your present moment. So it's not here and now. It's fear is something that's ahead of you, right? Um, two, 
fear, it, it, it elicits a natural primal response in your body. And that primal response shuts off the cognitive thinking brain and puts you into a survival mode. And when you watch, you ever watch National Geographic shows on TV? Well, I mean, when I was a kid, I did because, you know, okay, okay. I got to watch certain things that I wasn't allowed to see back right, then. Right, right. So, no, so, I get it. Yes, I did. So you probably know <laughs> that every one of those episodes had that, that poor doomed gazelle. Right. Yes. Right, right. I always felt so horrible about that. Right, right, right. And, and the music gazelle, was so awful, too. I was like, oh. Right. right. And that gazelle is out there eating grass. It kind of was like. Mm, 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 right. And then, uh, then the lion hits the field. The first thing the gazelle does is go, oh, gasp for air. Gasp for air. And if you're a parent and you have kids and you've ever seen your kid almost fall, I can mm. guarantee you that you have gone oh, and gasp for air. Because it's the natural primal response that your body does when you're in a fear state. Actors on Broadway are literally trained that if they forget their lines on stage out of fear, that they are, they're literally trained to exhale and relax all their muscles. Instead of inhale. Right. And because when you're in a fear state, it's, you know, most people think they can't breathe. It's not that they can't breathe. It's that their body is storing air. They can put it, can't put any more air in. Not that they can't get it in. It's, it's already full. And so well, by yeah. exhaling and releasing, what happens to the actor, it shuts off the, the primal survival response and turns the cognitive thinking brain back on, and all their lines rush right back into their head. Mm. It's fascinating. So then I'm on the front lines of Iraq, and I say to the soldier, how, do, how can you go into a situation where you know you may get shot at or blown up, and how can, how can you do that? The first thing he says is, he says, well, we all get together, we go, okay, we're going to do this. And they exhale, and right? Yeah. And so they get, yep. they get resolved and, and they release that fear and they go, right? The other thing he said that was important was, he says, uh, all right, we're gonna do this because he had an objective. He had something to focus on. So he's got, so I'm, I'm kind of leading into my 5F system. I got fearlessly focused is what, what's happening right now, right? Now I can tell you from absolute <laughs> experience that when you're standing on top of a three-story tower, looking down at a fall pad, you are not focusing on failing. <laughs> you're not focusing on the tower. You're focusing on where the heck you're going to land, right? Yes. You're focused on that positive objective. And so that's really key. If you can get positively focused, the problem is people get focused negatively. People going through a tragic situation like my body or your cancer, they get focused on the negative outcome. And then what happens is they start seeing more and more negative because the subconscious mind is a, is a unique animal. It has two jobs. The first job is to store memories of your present moment to create an underlying subconscious belief. And the other job is to show you what you're focused on. So like, I know if you've ever bought a car and you've, and you've gone in, before, chose what kind of car you wanted, before you went to the store to buy that car, I can pretty much guarantee you started seeing that kind of car everywhere. Oh yes, that's yeah. hilarious, right? Yeah, right. For me, I'm a Jeep guy. I love Jeeps. I see every Jeep on the road. I got one in my garage right now. <laughs> um, yeah. And so you start seeing it because your subconscious mind shows you where you're focused. So the problem is people get focused negatively. Your subconscious mind is going to naturally show you negative, which is going to stack another negative present moment behind you, which is going to create a treadmill of negativity. And that's why negative people that you meet in your life will always be negative because they always have something to be negatively focused on because that's where their focus is. Um, John, what did a guy who's jumping off of buildings, broke his back, doing comedy, traveling all the way? What's what's a guy talking about neuroscience stuff and negativity and thought? <laughs> what what? How did that happen? I mean, 
<laughs> really? Yeah, really. Well, when you're when you're lying in a hospital and, and your back is broken and they're telling you you can't, you, and the only thing you really have is your is your thoughts and mm -hmm. your brain, you start you start really diving into it. And that book, that Bruce Lee book I talked about, I mean, when you break, started breaking down everything he was talking about, what happened was it really showed me the pathway. You know, my five Fs, it's like fearlessly focused. And the middle one's faith, belief. You have to believe it, right? And the interesting thing about the belief was I had to I had to not take somebody else's belief. I had to take my own beliefs. Because, I, yeah. you know, everybody who's the doctors, my family, my friends, they all, they all were telling me things out of the goodness of their heart. Or tell, oh, my God, I'm so sorry this is going on. You know, you'll never be able to, blah, 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 blah. Right. So what happened was over the course of time, I started studying it. I started studying neurolinguistics. I started studying hypnosis. I started studying how the, how the brain actually functions. And it's so fascinating because the subconscious and the conscious, you know, it all comes down to one real big concept. And the concept is you only have one moment. It's, mm -hmm. it's, there's only one moment that you can have thought, word, and deed and have it be active. And this thought, word, and deed is how you create your experience. Because even your future is not set. The future is just a place where you set goals for your next present moment that you're going to experience. So mm -hmm. it, it all depends on being very present and and making it in alignment with what you're trying to get to. Yeah. So that's where that's where things really started to uh, to shift for you in your life then. Yeah. And move in that different direction. How long did it take you to get out of the out of the chair? Oh, it was it was a it was a journey. Um, the, the, the when I first told me I couldn't, I, and I decided that I was going to. I, I it took me a good thirty days just to be able to flex my hips. Um, mm. to, get, to get below the injury. I started with the, the muscles in the upper neck and the back, and I slowly worked my way down flexing them. And then finally one day I flexed my hips, which meant I had mobility, which was huge. Uh, I had chiropractors adjusting my, my back and all, and all kinds of things going on. And then um, by another month or two, I was able to you know get up and walk around. I was By a year, I was back to normal physicality, but not back to the strength that I was before. And but at a year and six months, I was back to the strength I was before. Wow! And I gave that's myself, amazing. Yeah, and I gave myself a gift. <laughs> I literally did climb up on top of a three-story tower and jump off into a fall pad. Wow! <laughs> yeah, then, I bet you your friends were like, "Okay, John. <laughs> okay, we're, we're rooting for you, friend. Okay, call the ambulance, professor." Well, at that at that point, at that point, it was very interesting. You know, um, at that point, I they had seen what I'd gone through and they'd seen what I'd done and they'd see it's a big deal, was. big moment. And they, and they were like, they were right there because th during that journey, they didn't believe I could until mm. I did. Yeah. And that's I go, so I, freaking I, awesome. I go back to what Schwarzenegger says. He says, you know, when somebody tells me it, it can't be done, I get excited because I know I'm going to be the first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And, you know, you, I can take their belief or, or I can take my own, you know, I'm a, I'm a pretty, pretty spiritual person. And, you know, a, a guy that I think is pretty cool, a guy named Jesus, he actually said, uh, whatever you ask in God's name is granted. And then Moses told us that God's name is I am. Well, I am is just your present moment belief. Mm. So what we're putting in our present moment belief is fast, is, is creative. It's going to happen into our life. Right? Yeah. And then Buddha said, what you think you become, you create your world. And Gandhi said, you must be the change you want to see in the world. And Krishna said, you are the culmination of your thought. You know, they're all the same thing. Your thought in this present moment is creative. And, you know, if you put faith in that and belief that you can, then you can, you can do anything. It's just, it's just when, 
when things come up that seem contrary to what you're trying to achieve, that you have to keep the faith. Yeah. You have to keep holding on. And, and I call that moment being flexible. So you got fearlessly focused with faith, follow through with flexibility. And those are the, those are the um, follow through is the other action. I had to do those moments of working my muscles. Um, so by going through all those processes, fearlessly focusing with faith, follow through with flexibility, I was able to do everything in my life. And I went on from there. I directed theme parks. I was a college professor. I, uh, <laughs> I'm a keynote speaker now for over a decade. I'm still doing whips and nunchucks. I still <laughs> do fights. Uh, here locally, I, I direct plays and do fight choreography still today. You know, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, everything, I, everything I've ever wanted to do, I do now because of All right, that. I want to talk about whips and chains, right? Because that's a big deal. <laughs> so let's do that in a second. I want to take a quick break, and we'll go uh, go check out one of our sponsors here. We'll come back and talk about some whips and chains because I, I think I remember a story about you and a, a lady on stage one time we talked about it before. Uh, maybe I'll set that one up. We'll come back to it. All right, so we're going to come back in just a moment. I want you to be able to hear about a, a really dear friend of mine, Danny uh, Shannon in Australia, his company, Encapsulator.io. It's something where you can really engage with yourself in the future. All right, we're back again with my friend John Davis, the corporate action superhero. And I told you a little bit about uh, Encapsulator.io. Go to that website and check it out. It's a very cool place. A lot of us that uh, that are a couple of years old used to do, I think they still do it maybe. I don't know. I haven't heard about it in a while. But uh, we used to do time vaults back when I was in school back in the 70s. And uh, we would throw all kinds of mess in there that we thought was important to us of that time. And they would bury it underneath some statue somewhere. And I uh, probably got tipped over by somebody these days. Who knows? But anyway, they dig that thing back up. And uh, 20, 30 years later, they would look to see what little Matt and little little Johnny put inside of a thing and, and, and saw what we did back in 1972. Right. It's really cool. So it's a similar concept with Encapsulator. It's a video time vault. You're able to do some things in moments in your life and then set the lock on the vault and it locks it up. And you can't unlock it and can't watch it again until that time you set. So uh, it's really neat what's happening with people using it in in businesses, for teams, uh, for for um, future forecasting and goals. There are some psychologists that are using it for therapy right now. Um, Danny, who is a recovering, uh, well, he's actually recovered, uh, drug addict, and he works at a recovery center there where he recovered from, uh, is able to use that there too with his folks. And it's just an absolutely amazing uh, tool. So check it out, encapsulator.io. All right, so back to uh, whips and chains. All right, so you're doing you're doing nunchucks and and whips and all this kind of stuff. And uh, looked at a couple of those pictures. You look a little different that, back then than you might do today. A little 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 more gray there, you know. Little, <laughs> stuff going on. Definitely uh, a little bit more gray. A little more gray. You earned every one of them, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I understand that you sure did. And hey, I have an idea. My, my sorry, I should turn that off. Um, so it was my my Apple's connected to everything. So my phone dings, everything dings, dingling. So you do these whips and, and nunchucks and stuff because you've been doing this as part of your your stick and your things for years. 
and you incorporate that on stage. So um, was I right? There was a story I think you told before that I heard, but um, what's what's one of those stories that you've had with with uh, doing whips and, and nunchucks? <laughs> so <laughs> when I do my main corporate action hero speech, my speeches are designed to empower the team to awaken their interaction hero and getting them over adversity, over their self-doubt, and getting them moving forward. That's what I do for a living now. And one of the things that I do, and it's the, it's the big culmination of the corporate action hero speech, is I walk out of my audience and I choose the most timid person I can find. It's usually a woman. And, and, and not to say women are in any way all timid, just some people. Uh, I choose women because I, I'm less likely to get hurt in this scenario. Um, and I'll tell you why in a second. <laughs> so I bring that person to the stage and I'll put them on stage, sometimes in front of thousands of people. So I've got the most timid person I can find and I put them in front of thousands of people. So I've already created a situation where they're not enjoying the, the, that process very much. Yeah. So, you know, I, but I'm looking at the situation from an empathetic point of view. So I know their fear is being in front of those people and acceptance and love from those people. So the first thing I do is, is I, as I bring her to the stage, I say to her, hey, thank you so much for helping me. So I engage her purpose. By putting her in, into purpose of helping me, I've, I've started negating her fear. Next thing I do is I turn to the audience and I say, isn't she a rock star? And they go crazy for her. So I've just said, no matter what you do on stage, these people are going to love you. So they've just negated their fears, right? So then what I do is I start talking to her about fishing. And we, as we talk about fishing, I, I, talk, I say, today I'm going to teach you how to crack. I teach you how to catch a fish, how to ca cast a fishing rod. And she says, okay. So I pull out a bullwhip. And I, hand, and I hand her a bullwhip. And before she can think, I say, I, listen, it's just a fishing rod. Same motion. You know, I can't bring a fishing rod on the airplane. This is the only thing I can bring on, which is, you know, crazy in itself. <laughs> so I hand her a fishing rod. And then I, before she can think about the fact that she has a whip in her hand, I get a whole section of the audience uh, doing what I call the fish face. They take their hands and they go. <laughs> I say, now all I want you to do is choose which fish you want to catch and cast your fishing rod. And she casts the fishing rod, and it cracks. The whip, the whip cracks. Yeah, and I said, well, that's cool. I said, catch another one. Pow! Now, we haven't once, once talked about whips yet. We're only talking about fishing. And so she's cracking the whip. So now, now she knows how to crack a whip. So I say to her, I said, listen, did you hear it crack? Yeah, I heard it crack. So you already know how to crack a whip. And she goes, well. I said, but did you hear it crack? You already know. She goes, yeah. I said, so um, during this process, what I'm doing is, you, did you hear it crack? So you already know how to make it make it crack. So what I'm actually doing is, a, this is a hypnotic wipe. It's something that we all do naturally. And that gesture is something like when somebody says to you, God, you look great today. You go, oh, stop, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the gesture that they give, right? But that in hypnosis, they call that a wipe. And what you're doing is you anchor them to the positive outcome. You wipe away the rest. And behind it, you give the positive reinforcement of the the thing that you want them to do. So I went, did you hear it crack? So you already know how to make it crack. What I just did was I shifted her mindset from her timeline, actually, from not learning the skill to knowledge of the skill. So I just shortened the learning curve. Next thing I, next thing I do is I then pull out a target and I walk back and I hold it out in my hand. Now, what's her biggest fear? Yeah, what's who she gonna hit now? What's she gonna hit? I ain't right, that target. Right, right. Yeah. She's good, yeah, she's hitting me is her biggest fear, right? Yeah, yeah. You so, better get out the way, John. Right, right. So, <laughs> so I look at her and I say, I said, listen to me. You already know how to make it crack. I promise you're not gonna hurt me. 
Sometimes when you're leading somebody through something stressful, you gotta lie to them. <laughs> you heard it here on Matt Chat Live. If there's one Sometimes thing, we're going through, just today. lie. Yeah. No, honey, that dress looks fantastic on you. Oh, stop! <laughs> how, did, how did you know? <laughs> um, so, so by by getting into that space of of, of realizing as I'm leading her through this process, I have to meet her where she is. I can't expect her to be where I want her to be. So yeah. I'm going to meet her where she is. So I know her fear is hurting me. And if I can take hurting me off the table, then I've, I've taken the fear away. The only way I will get hurt if she stays in fear because I, I have to break her out of that fear cycle. So I say, I promise you're not going to hurt me. And I just nod and give her total positive. And she just, she buys it. Right. <laughs> and then I hold it out there. I said, all I want you to do, is just look where look where you want it to go and catch that fish. Just cast your fishing rod. And they go kapow and they hit the target right out of my hand every time. I've done it hundreds and hundreds of times. Never been hit. Never been hit. Gosh, imagine what I'm gonna do when I get that whip. <laughs> well, that's see that's now here we go. This goes back to the beginning of this story. Then the fear shifts to you. You'd be like, all right, I, Matt. I, yeah, I never choose a man. <laughs> because the women listen, time, they listen much better. The one time I did, I almost had my ear taken out on the opposite side of my head. Oh my lord. <laughs> Men you put a whip in their hand and the testosterone kicks in and I not listen to you anymore. I get target now. <laughs> you know, a woman will go up there and, she, and she's very meticulous and methodical and she'll get it done. A man gets up there and goes, Rawhide! Look! <laughs> right? Very different. Very different yeah. experience. <laughs> no doubt. Amazing. So you just shared so many great little things that uh, folks need to probably rewind and listen to when it comes down to um, leadership, comes down to life, when it comes down to um, our businesses, our careers. Uh, there's so many things there that are applicable. Um, I don't want you to give away all the stuff because I want people to bring you in. But yeah, what are some I, of the, what I are some of the ways you tie that? Yeah, <laughs> what, what are some of the ways you tie that together with, um, with corporation business, well, uh, personal development? When, when I go into a company, the first thing I do is before we, but long before I come to the stage, I get on with their executive team, and I find out what are the pitfalls, challenges, and goals of the event, because I'm going to tailor whatever I do to their event. Um, and I want to make sure I'm hitting all the correct terminology and all the correct um, goals that they're trying to achieve. I'm also going to show up at that event a couple hours beforehand. And I'm going to watch everything that happens in that room before I go on stage. Because a lot of times things will change on the fly where somebody will say something funny that I can riff off later. You know, mm. you know? so yeah. it, it really comes down to that. But the, by the time I get to the stage, I walk on that stage. And the first thing I do is I start with comedy. Because I, if I can get them laughing, if I can get them laughing, I can get them to retain content. The other thing is, people say, you're using whips and nunchucks in a corporate environment? How does that work? Well, you know, when most speakers will go up there and they'll turn on their PowerPoint. Well, science is now showing that when you turn on a PowerPoint, it literally is splitting the focus of the audience between the speaker and the, and the screen, which shuts off the part of the brain for content retention, which is fascinating. That's why whenever the screen goes on, the phones come out because they get focused somewhere else and shut that off. So what I do, um, the reason I use whips and nunchucks is because, number one, whips have a very explosive sound. It's actually a small sonic boom. That's what makes a whip crack. Um, it's actually going over the speed of sound. But if I can anchor those sonic booms at the correct time, 
I'm now anchoring content content into the subconscious mind. So six months down the road, when they're when they're not acting upon the content I've delivered, all the boss has to say is, "Hey, remember what the whip guy said?" <laughs> and the second yeah. they say "whip," that sound kicks them right back into the content. So yeah, that's so good. Of, it's kind of a trick that way. Nunchucks, same thing. They, they, you know, they all have a. It, I relate to everybody because everybody has hit themselves in the crotch with a pair of nunchucks, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, and, and so, so they all know what that is. But once I start talking about the idea that there are two rigid objects that work together because of the flexibility in between, right? Now I've created a whole new experience for them, and then I, I turn that into a micromanaging statement. You can't micromanage every moment. Sometimes you've got to just let go of the stick and let the the chain in between do the work. You know? Yeah. And so it's really interesting. So so I tie in I tie in all the pieces and parts. Uh, I talk about um, fearlessness. I bring a person on stage. The first thing I do uh, when I talk about fearlessness, I bring a person on stage and I crack targets out of their hand. And that whole piece is about how we create a positive work culture. And how, because I started with jokes and because I was making jokes all the way out and I was very clear and effective in my communication about bringing a person on stage, anybody in the room would have gotten up. And when I finally get that person to come on stage, I, I go to them and I say, what's your name? They go, Bob. And I start clapping and I walk away. And he follows me, right? And then after this, afterwards, I said, why'd you come up here? He says, because you asked me. I said, did I ask you? And I turned to the did I ask him? And I let them realize that I didn't ask them, I didn't tell them, I just started clapping and walked away. And because I created the positive atmosphere first. So yeah. that, that's how I tie all the crazy whips and nunchucks in. The whole key is if you can bring, if you can bring a, a total good time to a room, that keeps their attention better than anything else. Yeah. And when you anchor that with really good content, really good material, then it gets retained even better. And I never, ever, ever use a PowerPoint in my presentation because of that. No, that's even that's even nicer because, yeah, I understand about the whole checkout part there. You know, it's pretty easy. Speaking of content, I want to bring this up here in just a second. Uh, here it comes. Maybe now it's there. I got to come back to the screen to see. Yes, it is. All right. So. Um, you have been so generous here for folks that um, you've got a, a book you've put together and uh, a free gift that you're offering to folks uh, that are listening or, or watching today. If you happen to be listening on podcast today, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you, you subscribe and like and tell everybody about it. Make some reviews, right? And John's got some stuff out there, too. You got to find him out there, Corporate corporate Action Hero. His, uh, his information will come up later when we... Uh, when we tag that after the show. Um, but um, you have some things available at Corporate Action Hero, all one word, corporateactionhero.com backslash gift, backslash gift.html. So if they go to that little secret page, corporateactionhero.com backslash gift.html, BAMO, we're looking together now on video at, uh, at some of the screen that you have here. And uh, you've got this 5F workbook. That's some of the things you were talking about just a few moments ago. Yep. And um, you're able to give this book right here. Let me tell your audience, you notice on the top of that page, it says free. There's not a place on this entire page that takes your email address. Let's see. To buy anything. Looky there, folks. Right? That is just content. That is just content. That's the bottom of the page. Not even You don't even have a, a menu legend at the bottom. Nope. Uh, this is all about that page is for you guys. And Straight up. That book, that that five F workbook is is how to go through your own five F process. Those videos go talk about the individual five Fs, 
below, mm -hmm. and then also has one one about the big uh, pr primer of, of the five Fs, as it were. Awesome. Yeah. So these videos right here, these resources, how to overcome overcome fear, how to get focused, how to develop self confidence. Um, now is not the time to lose t something, whatever the T would be, because we lost the T. Uh, it's it's not big enough. And then flexibility is a factor, right? Five keys to overcoming pandemic fear. Isn't that special? <laughs> well, isn't that special? Who taught you how to do that one? Hmm? COVID? COVID? <laughs> thank you, church lady. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Was it COVID? Was it COVID? <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, so you got you you made a great opportunity for folks to come here. Like you said, it's it's totally free. It's not a lead magnet where you get their email and put them on a list. It's straight up. Here's the book. Here's some videos and resources. Obviously, if folks want to get a hold of you. It's pretty easy to find out how to do that on the site. You can, but uh, for today's purposes, you're just simply here to give them something of value that really centers around all the things we've been talking about, which is such a such a blessing. Thanks for that, John. You're you're, you're welcome. And you know, to me, I think I think that. Um, if they really want me, then they can come to my website and find me. I, I don't think I need to push myself down their throat. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I think that I, when I know that when I go to a lead magnet page, I click away instantly because I'm mm. like, I don't want I have too much coming into my inbox box right now. You know, <laughs> I just I don't want to. Yeah. Go there. And, and I, I, no, I, I understand I, that. I tell clients all the time that if you're going to if you're going to collect the names, at least introduce yourself with the video first. You know, cause yeah, something. Of, Make it a little more personal, would you? I'm right. I'm down with that, right? Yeah. Down with it. Good grief. Sales well, relationships always has been. Oh yeah, and you're doing that all together now. And um, do you have some some things coming up at, at this year, towards the end of the year, some well, gigs going on, or well, what's going on? I will tell you, and I just want to get, tell your audience this because it's really important. You know, COVID has been a crazy time for the speaking industry. You know, when it happened, it was kind of like the Marvel blimp. Half, yeah. the, half the speakers went away and all the work. And, yeah. and uh, But, you know, right now, because we're coming out of it, people are booking. And they're booking live events like crazy right now because mm -hmm. everyone knows they're going back to work. Everyone's going. And, and businesses right now are saying, well, we need to motivate. We need to get these people out of that, that adversity they've been through for a year and a half and put them back on the pathway to achieving quickly. And so I've been getting bookings like crazy. I even actually... Because of that, I created an all-day event with another speaker, Tamara Zoner. Uh, she's known as the Happiness Coach. And we do a full day of, of inspiration, motivation, and, and rejuvenation. And, um, you know, it's just an awesome. That's, that can be found on my speaking page on the, on the website as well. Okay. That's fantastic. Well, it's been <laughs> – we, we have fun every time we talk, and I'm glad we do. because I want people to get the chance to know you, the guy, John, but at the same time, uh, you threw out so many great nuggets there that anybody watching that has a a, a business corporation uh, event, clinics, workshops, and you name it, uh, John is is more more than capable and able. Um, over four thousand shows, jumping off of things and hitting stuff and punching things and whipping things. <laughs> I mean, whip it! <laughs> yeah, you. It's hey, you. Hey, you want to hear? Want to hear something cool? I actually, oh, yeah. I actually live in Akron. Cleveland's just north of me. I actually went up for a live event at the Rock Hall of Fame and was the guy cracking the whip during Whip It Being Played. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Here you go, Devo, Devo, Devo. Yeah, that's amazing. For all you young people out there today, 
Devo was a 70s <laughs> band that wore red uh, rubber suits with really crazy hats and and, and <laughs> said what hubcaps on their head kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it was they were they were some weirdos, buddy. But they sold records, and uh, you got to whip a, a whip. So there you go. Yeah. Well, John, it's been an absolute blessing to have you back again, uh, folks. There's the website at the bottom, corporateactionhero.com. Again, if you're listening, corporateactionhero.com. And, uh, oh, somebody just says hello to us today, Catherine from Connecticut, not too far from you there, a little bit to your uh, to your right, your east. Yes, exactly yeah. to my right, exactly. Yeah, that's to your right. Yeah. yeah. Hello. <laughs> Thanks, Catherine, for checking in. I hope you got a chance to listen to some of this stuff earlier. It was pretty fun and some really, really great stuff. Um, so, John, if we're getting ready to head out here in a second. So we've got a lot of folks that are listening from all kinds of walks of life. And we've got people from around the world that tune in to Matt Chat Live. Thank, thank the Lord for that. And uh, there's a lot of different things happening in a lot of different places. Uh, but the one thing I have found from my international relationships is um, a lot of people are just um, having a difficult time getting through certain things. Um, not everything sometimes. Some people everything, but some people just certain things. Jobs are hard to come by. Um, people have had to make big shifts in their careers. Um, some folks are blessed to have kept the same stuff. You know, there's lots of different things happening there. Some people have, I've known some people that have hit the gold mine during COVID. I met a few people that have actually made tons of money. It's amazing what you can do and how you can do things. Anyway, all those different folks are, are listening today with all the things you've been through, um, laying in that hospital bed as well. And, uh, and then, being the guy who's who's um, jumping off of a building two years later, uh, which is amazing. What's one thing you could leave us with today that folks should be focused on here this this year? Remember that your today's choices are tomorrow's outcomes, and you don't the the giant thing that you are trying to achieve is never going to magically appear in your present moment. That thing is coming to you. You don't have to get to it, and it all depends on you t taking small moments and making them successful. Once you make those small moments positive and successful and in alignment with your goal and just keep stacking them, it's going to come and it's going to surround your experience. Don't get lost in the fear. Just exhale and go back to being successful in this moment. So good. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate that. And folks, don't forget, coming up in uh, oh, a little bit over an hour, hour and five minutes from now, I'll be on my next show, um, maybe, if I'm breathing by then. We probably should, probably will be. Because <laughs> uh, we're going to have some good, good time. going to have some good times. Uh, it's going to be, <laughs> let's get naked. That, that'll be dynamite. That'll be dynamite. <laughs> For those of you that are, are not young uh, or old, you might remember jimmy walker but that's not another story anyway uh let's get naked tonight we're talking about when when the walls come crumbling down and they do they will and they will come down again and uh there's a lot of things we go through during those moments and many people react or act differently and uh, we're going to discuss what some of those things look like tonight and if you are experiencing something now that you're like man i just don't even want to tell anybody about this or you're embarrassed to say because you shouldn't be a person that people would think would be experiencing this type of thing that you're going to talk about. That's what the room's for. Um, we purposely don't have a, a massive room there. We try to keep it uh, manageable and everybody gets a chance to talk. And it's a safe place for you to come and shed the veneer and to release fear and doubt that exhale, right? To be able to exhale. When you exhale all that stuff, you inhale 
greatness. You inhale good. You inhale things that are going to bring life to you, right? Exhale. You don't want to breathe the stuff you exhale. It's carbon dioxide, right? You die if you breathe that stuff. When you're breathing in, you're breathing life. So we want people to have a chance to do that. And that's what we do every Wednesday night. Yeah, the name's funny. Let's get naked. And that's why I'm a funny marketing guy. But I want you to be able to come and do exactly that. And I hope you will tonight because it's going to be a fantastic topic. And and I am super, super blessed to have some of the best moderators in the world jumping on there from uh, the UK, one of my good friends in the UK. For him, it's midnight when we start, and he's on from midnight to sometimes 2, 3 o'clock in the morning with our show. And he's there all the time because it's just that good, folks. It's really, really amazing. And I hope you'll come tonight because it's probably going to be for you. So uh, that's on Clubhouse. If you don't have access to Clubhouse, you need a, an account, hit me up. I've, I'll hook you up. I have I have lots of access to Clubhouse, and I have some special treats to give out. So just uh, message me, and we'll do that before the show starts tonight. All right. So John, thanks again so much for hanging out with me today, and uh, we got to do. Uh, it was still. I think this was still as much energy, as much fun. We oh. we got the same point across as we did for the one that is in space somewhere. <laughs> where, <laughs> where it's at. So somebody on Mars is loving that episode. But, um, <laughs> so much for fun, us, Matt. I wanted to yeah. say one, one last thing. If, if anybody's looking for just a, a little bit of daily motivation, find me on YouTube. I put out a daily video, a couple minutes long, just to give us daily motivation. Check it out. Corporate Action Hero on YouTube. Oh, that's great. So they can just, just put Corporate Action Hero in the, in the search bar and it should pop right up, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. All right, everybody. Don't forget, Wednesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern here in the United States. That would be 3 p.m., 2 p.m. in Pacific. And that is uh, 7 a.m. for my friends in Australia in the future on Thursday. And uh, let's get naked 7 p.m., of course, Eastern I just said, which is 9 a.m. for my friends in Australia, which we've got a couple that are joining us as mods today. So super excited to have you there. Don't forget, anytime you might be in a place that seems like it's going to be impossible, could be dark. Could be ugly. Trust me, I know it. So does John. Um, There's always going to be a hope revealed. We'll see you the next time. Thanks, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another episode here on the Hope Revealed Podcast Network. If you'd like to find out more information about this episode or learning more about Matt's coaching or consulting services, resources, or booking information he has available, please visit mattcrump.tv. And thank you again for tuning in. And remember, in any dark place or any uncertain moment, right around the corner, there can always be a hope revealed.